On this Info Pilgrims Live, we talk about how McDonald's is controlling our society and dictating everything that a business does nowadays. It's an interesting episode that you do not want to miss, so let's go. I'm Jack May, and joined as always, Benny D on the ones and twos, and my co-host, David Dolby. How are you guys doing this week? I'm doing fantastic, Jack. How are you, Mr. Backwards Hat Man? You like that? Feeling a little gangster. That's ben? amazing. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, been a long week, but hey, I'm ready for it. Nice, nice. All right, I want to introduce our guest this week. We got a he, guest. We have a guest. Ben's acting all surprised. He knows this guest pretty intimately. <laughs> he is a local college student, Daniel Drumgold. Daniel, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking you're welcome, man. I appreciate that. And, you know, he's all kind. You guys, ki- we you guys just butcher me. Like, he's very kind. I like this. But also, Jack, I think when you're mean to each other, it shows a level of intimacy as well. You know, like a... I don't. I didn't want to use the word intimate there, but you know what I mean. Like I don't, you, you gotta I don't, know somebody. I don't feel to comfortable when them. you say something okay. about me being you. We like to get Jack in an uncomfortable state of mind. It's all right, all right. Let's just get into this week. Uh, obviously, I think the biggest topic is Kobe. You know, his death rocked America because it was just so sudden. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't want to just say Kobe's death. Obviously, everyone else included the baseball coach, his family, Kobe's daughter, the pilot. It was just a tragic event, but it just made me think like. As I said on Twitter, I was like, this is the first time I've cried for someone I've never met. It was a weird feeling because it's like I grew up and I hated Kobe. But, you know, every time I shot a ball, it was like Kobe. Like that was just natural for me. But like just that rivalry and the intensity he brought to basketball, it's just something that I feel like we're going to miss. I think uh, because the Kobe thing is is very interesting. First of all, it is a tragedy what happened. Mm -hmm. And there's no way of like going around that. It was sad. I mean, there was the daughters on board and everything. It's it's not an event you should just immediately start like memeing about or anything. But I do think it's objectively it's weird that we're at a state now where many people are going to be aware of this tragic death and they're going to be forced with the decision of like, all right, how do I mourn this or how do I grieve this? Mm-hmm. And like me personally, I don't know if it's just because I'm soulless, but I didn't feel anything really emotional except for I was like, that's because is- you're Miami Heat fan. Well, no, man, I mean, because, OK, we grew up with Kobe, like you said, yeah. and we watched him beat the Orlando Magic in the finals that one year. And I think he beat the Spurs, too. But I mean, as a player, he was always the antagonist the Spurs to my are team. In the Western Conference, though. So it wouldn't have been the finals. It must yeah. have been like the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They had highlights of him on ESPN yeah. going. But at the same time, it's and I don't. Know, maybe I'm going to get in trouble for saying stuff like this. But it seems like too much right now. Like we're stuck on one spot, and people are being forced to grieve in a way that's unnatural to the way we've grieved in any time before, just because of the age of social media and everybody is aware and everybody can have an input and opinion on this and everybody can see what everybody's talking about it. So it's like a different phase of grief. That's not happened before. And I get it. And I, I think the thing is for me, um, maybe it's because I've been so inundated with basketball my whole life. Like it was just, it was my life at one point that like he was so integral to the basketball and to its growth in the early nineties to late two thousands, basically like it, it, it is a tragedy. It's a legacy that's completely gone. That is just wiped out. And yeah, maybe we're spending too much time on it, but I think that, you know, once we start forgetting the people who brought us to where we are, then it starts becoming a problem and we forget like what legacy really means. I mean, I don't think his legacy is gone. I think his, his, I think he's just trying to 
is crap r- on COVID. <laughs> no, right I'm now. not. I'm just saying. Jeez, this is hurting. I'm me. just saying. I think it's fascinating that everybody it is the same thing when Muhammad Ali died. It was like everybody has to mention how he impacted their lives. And for me, it's sad that this person died, but he was very much just a cele- he was an icon in my life. I didn't know him personally, so mm-hmm. I had no emotional attachment to. Him. I mean, obviously, he was a game changer in the way he played basketball, and he came out of high school, and he was like the highest scorer for a while, and he dominated when he played, but. I don't have any like emotional and I think that people are becoming emotionally attached to stars and celebrity figures because of where our culture's at. And it's just not something that I've done personally, not saying like I'm better than anybody. I'm just different. Maybe. See, and like, I thought you were going to be more leaning on my side with the basketball history and, but, and Ben <laughs> being more like, you know, it, it's sad, but he's not a, like, it's not, I mean, he had a dark secret in his past and stuff like that. Like, I thought that was going to be the brought up by Ben, not you, basically. Oh, I'm not worried about it, Kobe's past. Like, I feel I think like you're any- pulling an uh, Ari Shafir or Ari Shafir. What did he say? Here, uh, he said in a tweet, he said, Brian got away with rape because all the Hollywood liberals enjoy rooting for the Lakers more than they dislike rape. Big ups to the hero who forgot to gas up his chopper. See, that's I'm putting you on that boat. No, no, I'm I'm 100% kidding on that. Okay, because there were some people I was talking to at work that they kind of brought up the Kobe rape allegations. And in my perspective, you never want to bring up somebody's sins at a funeral because we all mess up. And when somebody dies, it's not the time to be like, oh, remember what he did, though? That's just and people don't really know the exact details of that case, too. I think it was alleged. And I'm not I think it's also important to know that he like apologized for that. He thought he had consent. Yeah. No. And then he like made amends for that. So that whole story is shrouded with yeah. nuance and nobody knows like who's guilty for sure. And I don't think it's the time to be talking about that when yeah. he just died. But I'm, I, so, I'm sorry. You know what, David? I'm apologize on this. This was terrible. I should not have put you as an Ari Shafir no, it's equivalent. Under- it's understandable. It's wait, no, it's, it's not. It's good to see how villainous you think I actually I am. Think, I think you're a straight up bully. <laughs> yeah. So side note on the on the Kobe Bryant thing. Um it's a petition right now to change the NBA logo from Jerry West to Kobe Bryant. Um, so no. What is your vote on that one? Even Jerry West said like he doesn't mind if it, they change the logo for him, but I think that's a dangerous road for us to go down because then once every basketball icon dies, we need to change the logo. And I know that I just say that after saying he's a great person, he has a great legacy, but I think that. I mean, there's players who change basketball. So, like, when Michael Jordan dies, do we have to change it to Michael Jordan? Mm -hmm. When LeBron dies, I think it's just a slippery slope that, you know, marketing-wise, you have to be careful going down, I think. Yeah, I I would agree with Jack on that. Whoa. (laughs) There we go. We're getting back on track. Me and David are agreeing on things. So, I I don't know. I I, I think that, you know, I want to continue his legacy. And I guarantee that I'm going to finish this podcast by playing Lil Wayne's uh, Kobe Bryant. (laughs) Because <laughs> it's one of the greatest songs of all time. If you're a basketball player, everyone listens to it constantly. But I don't know. It's just a weird feeling for me because, I, like I said, I've never met him. I despised him growing up. But, like, there was tears that came out of me because it, I don't know if it was because of the drastic nature of the event or if it was just, like, accumulation of other things happening in my life. I don't know. It was just – it was weird for me. Yeah, I think that if it shows us anything – there was part of Kobe that people identified with even without knowing him personally. So he became part of their, their life, their emotional life. And now that he died, I think it hits people with a lot of sense of mortality. Like life is, is here and then it's gone. So it's kind of like a, Whoa, anybody can die no matter how 
famous. Maybe that's no what it is. How many people I know? I can them. sense my mortality. That's a good call on that. And I think people immortalize. Is that if that's a word? Immortalize. They immortalize or deify these celebrities just because their name and how well known and how much influence they have on like pop culture. And then to see one of those people die can be paradigm sh- shaking because you're like, mm. whoa, I did not account for that. A lot of people are saying this is like Thurman Munson when he played for the Yankees when he died in a plane crash. It's just like how sudden and drastic it was. It just it shakes everyone in that sport or connected to that sport. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like I think you hit it right on the nose. I honestly think it's the mortality aspect. Like, man, Kobe Bryant had everything. He had a loving family. He had millions of dollars. He had all the respect in the world. But yet he could still die by a helicopter crash. Like, holy crap. Like, he's just like me. Like, mm-hmm. I, that can happen to me. And it just the Superman effect of your life is taken away from something like that. Hmm. Yeah. You know, um, I had just heard one of our, my friends talk about Ben has friends. <laughs> There's our news story. <laughs> right there. There's the news. <laughs> Local news. Uh, he said his, his son who I believe is, uh, like 10 or 12 years old, mm-hmm. um, was very taken back by the situation. He's hmm. like, you know, Kobe has died. Like almost like, my friend at school is dead, like dead. Wow. And, um, you know, it was kind of a, a surreal thing, um, for him. And he's like, I mean, to the point where he, he couldn't keep his composure, um, and all that kind of stuff. Wow. And he's like 10 to 12. Yeah. And he was like, like Kobe was my friend, you know, like, so seeing that it's kind of a weird aspect because you're like, huh. Like Kobe retired before he was like, even like cognizant of sports. Right. Right, but he's just he's still uh like intricate in our society at this at this moment that even like twelve year olds are like that's taking nuts. a hard impact on this well, I think it's just like Robin Williams' death, mm-hmm. you know, none mm-hmm. of us really knew him personally, but that still shook yep. the culture, not because it's like not that it's not a friend dying, but it's like just that greatness, like mm-hmm. a star is dead, like it's gone from the earth. Mm. It's just shocking, you know? And I think Hollywood and, and even, you know, NBA and all of the pro sports, they do a really good job at making these people um, feel like our friend. Yeah. You yeah. know? They're like an entity, Absolutely. but they're like our best friend besides Correct. us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, Media exposure and everything. Oh, yeah. It's so normalized to have the daily life of celebrity right in front of your face so you yeah. feel a part of feel like their life, you know? That's a good point. David, I'm going to play devil advocate before we leave this topic. How would you feel if Dwayne Wade died? And I, I hate saying that because I'm playing the what if game, but I'm just curious where your mind would be at. On like that. I think. Would it be in the same boat? I would be more sad, but okay. not really visceral sad. I would just be like, oh, that's more of a tragedy in my personal life. But am I really sad? No. Yeah. Like I, I identify the grief love aspect of that story, but I wouldn't feel it. Well, I think like I really don't think I feel things. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's I think my feelings feel. are dead. David has got to feel. <laughs> so I drink let's, all let's the whiskey the... in the collapsed office. <laughs> well, like I think like I growing up with you, like Dwayne Wade was a role model for you. I mean, he taught me the Euro step, but I didn't. No, well, care like, about you like, and your brothers. You and your brother, it felt like you put him in almost a deity status. We did. we like when he got Father of the Year. We we're like, yeah, Dwayne Wade's the best dad of the year. <laughs> He's awesome father. He's a good person. He doesn't curse on TV. Like we gave him fake attributes of morality and perfection and everything. Mm. But we never were like, man, what would Dwayne Wade do in this moment? Unless we were coming down the court on a fast break. Then I'd hit him with the Euro step. I'm just starting to realize I don't know David very well. Because <laughs> I honestly thought he had, like... I mean, I had a fat head of Dwayne Wade in my room. Yeah, like, but, his obsession I, was weird to me. I put bowls of oatmeal underneath it every night. They'd be gone in the morning. 
I fed Dwayne. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's a thing. Let's story. let's let's transition. Um, ben, what what do you got for this week? Peaches and cream. We need something happy <laughs> to laugh at. So uh, mine is peaches and cream. <laughs> so in in our area, um, where where we are in in the beautiful Southwest Florida, um, the act of of news is not necessarily. Um, pretty prevalent yeah. <laughs> so yeah. and what it is we're like it's either florida man nope. or you know something stupid to that extent yep. like you know anyway i had found an article where just last month there was an employee of our um local international airport sarasota uh who worked for a rental car company and he was accused of renting cars off the books. And so I was like, why is this okay? Like, he's renting cars off the books. No, he's renting cars to people in like and taking the money. Like, not, not giving it back to the company. <laughs> so I was reading in further, and, and uh, the guy's name is Donald Poole. He's 29 of Palmetto. <laughs> and he was renting vehicles and pocketing the money. So they say... What was happening is he was actually um, taking in cars that were being returned to the mm -hmm. airport. He would take them instead of checking them into the system that they're available for re-rent. You know, he would like mark them out and then he would go ahead and rent it out to his friends and associates and all that kind of stuff. Wow. What a so, yeah. yeah, like my thing is, is first, how does it go on for any amount of time yeah. before the company knows? And I don't know. That's pretty brass. Yeah. Uh, the leaders of the Hertz company are kind of foolish. Like, I feel like if that happens once, then yeah, you, that you catch that. But like, if it's happened multiple times, like, I mean, that's on you as a company. If you're that dumb to let that happen. So you could probably just say, all right, this car is getting checked in for repair. Or it's off the active list yeah. and then rent it out. Yeah. And it's still being charged to the people money. who rented it out. Oh, yeah. wow. So he's making that money, but at the same time helping his friends out. Yeah. I man. bet he's not the only one that's done that either. I feel like that's probably if he hurts. Did it, hurts, man. Get your crap together, man. Well, it's the the loopholes. Like, uh, what was that office space where he stole a penny? Oh from yeah, every, every day, like yep. a million dollars or something. Yeah, people are out there sticking it to you the man. You watched sometimes. Office Space? I think I saw parts of it. I am like I, I am learning things thing. about you. First, you have no soul. You watched <laughs> Office Space, office which space is a nerd. Is, movie. Have you guys seen Office Space? No. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. Oh. Wow, <laughs> I have. I more, thought I was mainstream. I Maybe have more I'm in common with David than I thought. We dude, what was that? What's movie? it about? I've never even heard of it. Office Space. Oh wait, can I sum it up yeah, with my cool way of summing it up instead of Jack's I, I'm kind of boring way of summing it up? Right, no, I'm just kidding, dude. But all, all right, right, so it's, <laughs> it's basically about a guy that lives in business America and he works for a company that doesn't care about him. And he snaps eventually, and he just wants to like be his own person again. So it's about like the breakdown of the businessman's mind. Mm -hmm. And I guess it relates to people that get stuck in offices and their bosses. Yeah. And then about later on, once he snaps, and he doesn't care anymore. He just starts showing up whenever he wants and they applaud it. Cause it's like, Oh, he's doing the bare minimum and still killing it. And yeah. They're applauding it and promoting him. He's getting, he's like, what the heck is happening? So if the less I do, the better I look like, yeah, this is stupid. This is what business is really about. And I think is Jennifer Aniston in there? Yeah, she's yep. like a, a waitress or a server at a just like a it's like a Bennigan's. Yeah, like yeah. a small restaurant. And she wears a bunch of flair on her uniform. 
and it's just it. I don't know. It's a good movie because you're like, you, it makes fun of like all the gr- things you see in America. Yes. You're like nobody cares about the buttons you have on your shirt, but the people who put the buttons on are like, this is a part of my individual personality, yep. and that's why I have it. And also, it's like, hey, like, like corporate America is screwing us either way. So. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's funny because the movie sucked in theaters. Like, it was really? terrible for like the first five years. It was out and it was terrible, but then it became a cult classic, and now it's one of most well-known movies of all time there's an epic scene where and maybe you guys seen this scene where they break was it the fax machine yeah they take the fax machine outside and they it goes slow mode and they just beat it up like they're beating somebody to death Mm. and it's like Uh, all this anger towards a broken fax machine because it caused so much pain in their lives yep and i I feel like that was a decent description yeah yeah (laughs) nailed it there was a uh, a guy a story of a guy over in uh london one time who he had taken a um, uh, went to the zoo and they were like he's like nobody's charging for parking at the zoo so one day he just set up a like a a, a parking arm and was charging people to park at the zoo what? like five bucks <laughs> nice. did this for 13 years okay every day for 13 years bro we're in the wrong business I know Shh. one day didn't show up and the zoo called like the county or whatever and said hey we need a parking attendant and they were like we don't supply your parking attendant and they were like well we don't supply our parking attendant we thought you did and they were like well we thought you did all of a sudden like an investigation goes in the guy nobody knew who the guy was nobody knew anything so like never ever did he uh like you know show himself or anything like that just set up a parking meter and started charging people for parking i mean if there was an estimate that he would have probably had like 13 billion dollars over 13 years about a billion billion yeah because how much is he pulling a day like five bucks per car and they were saying something crazy like there's thousands of cars that were coming into the the zoo every day over in london billion <laughs> billion with 30 yes 13 years this guy did this every day like how are you stupid as a zoo you're missing a 13 billion dollar chance of making money i know I don't know, bro. Like at this point, you could just shake his hand and say, "Good job, man!" Like Hire I just your parking guy. Yeah, that's a, I. <laughs> but nobody like, knew who he was. Like that is the that is the kicker, and you know I've never been able to tell like if the story was actually you it's know, not true. like an onion story or something like that. Yeah, yeah. like you know. So I'm like, I've he, tried to do research on it, but I couldn't really find anything. But man, I tell you, oh, that like, zoo probably like stifled anything because they look stupid. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure. Yeah. Zoos hate looking stupid. Do you, yeah. <laughs> do you guys ever think like, and maybe this is because I have a like a criminal mind in the back of my head, but Uh-oh. like, like if I didn't live in the social media age, I could get away with so much crime. I don't. Oh, yeah. That's like a dark secret in my head. Mm-hmm. But like, I was like, man, like nowadays I couldn't pull that off because there's too many. Everyone has cameras. There's gonna get a picture of me somehow being that parking attendant or something. Yeah. And like you do that, like just twenty, maybe even fifteen years ago, you could get away with stuff like that. And I was oh, like, yeah. This sucks. That it, what you call it the social media? I think yeah, because everyone takes pictures of everything nowadays. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, how many TV shows do they have about that? Of like fifteen years ago, murders going unsolved because they didn't want to pick up one thing. You yeah, know, like that yeah. show, like Cold Case Files or whatever. Oh, it's I like, feel like uh, it would have been way harder to solve me, crime. Let me tell you, as someone who yeah. works in and who works 
in this industry, like I can tell you, man, I thought they were pretty dumb 15 years ago, just not picking up stuff or not taking a photo of that. It For blows sure. my mind. Like, and half the time, like nowadays, crimes can be solved just by civilian photographs. Like, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with the video doorbells and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's readily available. Dude. For a hundred bucks, I know. No, that's it. Camera that's systems, it. like buy your yeah. own yeah. type things. Dude, yeah. I got like three in my house. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Ain't nobody getting my house without me knowing. Uh, Daniel <laughs> happens to he lives in my house. Mm. Um, and the other day I was like, I asked him to get me something at the store. Wow, <laughs> Daniel, go get me something from the store. Yeah, well, I was get at a work. Pack of cigarettes and um, <laughs> not a pack of cigarettes. What is wrong? With it was you? actually a sandwich. Wow. And um, I was like, why has he not left the house yet? Because, you know, you can tell when your door is open. Mm. I have a smart lock on there. Oh, no. He doesn't um, just have a smart lock. (laughs) He has this, like, visual Alexa thing in the kitchen, a ring doorbell, (laughs) a smart lock, and God knows what else. So So, he can, like, sense when I even leave my bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) I literally feel like I'm living in the Pentagon. Yeah, that's amazing. He... I talked to him on my uh, Echo. I'm like, why haven't you left the house yet? And he's like, I'm getting ready to leave now. And as he opens the door, I'm like on the ring doorbell. And I'm like, thank you for leaving. And he's like, he, he literally weird. turns around. And he goes, I feel like I live in the Pentagon. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's so ironic because he's big brother. Yeah. He's literally it's big so brother. You are big bo- brother, so, Ben. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, all right. David, what, what did you bring this week? Okay. So kind of along that same line. Ironically enough, I just want to before you start. You have a Dilbert ca- cartoon. It's a really in front funny comic strip. I don't want to read. I'm it really out loud. curious where this is going. But Dilbert is funny. So I'm taking this class. Like uh, it's called sociology. Mm. And oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and this is I don't know. Jack always like, oh yeah, we get it. You're in school, whatever. That's not the point. I'm just giving listen, you the back. Listen, I'm in school. And you never hear me talking about it. Well, I I learned inf- interesting information. I want to share with. I everybody. feel like David has very little to be prideful in, so I let him have this. <laughs> so sociology <laughs> is I love like. You, David. Thank you, Jack. Let's stop stealing our pens. Yeah, I. They're awesome pens, and somebody robbed my car and stole like two of them. They from stole. Me. Yeah, they. St- hey, brand spreading. <laughs> <laughs> they know about random awareness. <laughs> yeah, if you see an info pilgrim, oh my god, this shop, is amazing. I'm sorry, I'll stop. It's a crime trail, but anyway, yeah. So sociology class, it's like the study of societies and culture and how it is acts as a unit and how people become part of a group more than the individual. Anyway, kind of fascinating stuff. But there's this term I read just flipping through the book. It was called the McDonald McDonaldization. The McDonaldization. Hmm. So it's like the McDonalding of culture gotcha. and i was like okay what does that mean and oh man i forgot my intro to the story but i was at winn dixie the other day and i was buying some groceries and uh the lady asked me are you a rewards member and i was like no and i was like you probably ask everybody are you a rewards member and she's like yeah it's one of the lines i have to say and i so we started talking about lines we have to say because i work at a restaurant and daniel could probably relate to this you you say rehearse lines sometimes to people and yeah. you're not even like humanly saying it. You're more like automated press one for this, press two for this. Yeah. Only it will be in the form of like, how's your day been? Or it totally well, comes out just naturally. Yeah. And it's just something you said to like 20 people before that. But 
you're saying the same thing and you you start to feel kind of dead inside a little bit if you hear yourself <laughs> saying that because you're like it's not me saying that it's just my role saying that so anyway me and the Win dixie lady were talking about this and i was like oh man yeah that's that sucks that we have to say stuff like are you a rewards member to people and then people will just say no which is an automated response and then that's as far as the interaction goes so you're talking to somebody but it's more like you're talking to a machine anyway the mcdonaldization of society was referring to this concept that capitalism especially america and this is not saying like capitalism is bad this is just one of the interesting aspects of capitalism it promotes efficiency over everything so it turns the human individual into the most efficient functioning aspect or machine that they that the company needs them to be so and they they reference mcdonald's like this they said you go into mcdonald's you pick from a pre pre-scripted menu you your interaction with the cashier is very limited it's pretty much like oh i'll have a number three with uh coke uh buffalo sauce i always get buffalo sauce or what is it super troopers can i get some burgers and two liters of cola or whatever he says <laughs> Barba. Yep. yeah classic line but anyways then he was they were talking to him like and so the, 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 the the furniture in mcdonald's is not comfortable it's all just plastic. It's not encouraging you to linger. There's not usually TVs at McDonald's, or if there are, they're on some annoying channel like the Maury Show, where you're like, I don't have volume. Whoa, I can't even whoa, enjoy whoa, this. Whoa, whoa, Don't hate on the Maury Show. You man. like the Maury Show, dude? I love Do a you good like, like watching a other people's drama. I love seeing the DNA results. Just people's. You are not the father. <laughs> and then the mom just takes off sprinting. People's just problems I love seeing that life. cameraman chase them. Anyway, that's what you'd find on like a McDonald's TV if they had a TV in McDonald's. There's nothing encouraging like, oh, let's linger. Let's have a nice time. It's all come in, get your food, get out. It's like a feeding trough for the masses. It's very efficiently run. It's all about let's get as many people in here buying as much stuff in as possible and then get them out so the next people can come in. <laughs> and this this integrates itself into the entire society. And like the movie Office Space, it talks about that breakdown of human individuality and replacing it with an efficient working like that's what you become. You become a tool in a, a machine that you're not even believing in. It just pays you the bill so you can get food and survive. And so that's kind of I think that's why there's this backlash against corporations happening now where people are like, oh, I just want to be me. I want to be an individual again, because the the effect of the culture has been suppressing individuality in favor of efficiency. And it's just a product of the system we set up, which turns out to be the most efficient, like uh, inventing. Uh, what's the word? Innovative system mm -hmm. that the world has seen, like America's advancement to become the number one superpower is built on this efficiency method but it just has its drawbacks well you i think that the biggest thing you see in this is our society is becoming less um communicative and that's like the pur purpose of social media is like hey you don't need to talk to me just see what's on social media yeah mcdonald's is like hey get your stuff get out of here i don't want to talk to you basically and that's what they're talking about like creating robot robot workers right so less interaction because like it's so weird seeing like our generation isn't like in there yet, but the generation after us is very like antisocial. Like, it's just like, I don't want to communicate with you unless it's through text or like, I don't want to speak with you more or less. And it's yeah. just, it's a weird turn of events. Cause it's like, well, what is going to happen in like 20 years? Are we just never going to communicate otherwise besides, you know, like, Hey, I'm going here, see you then. And then you show up and you're just like in this little box. So if you would have to give this, and this is for all you guys, if, you, if you'd if you have to give it a value, do you think the direction we're heading is more bad or more good? 
as far as our interaction styles. I think you could play both sides. Um, I think that, you know, from a crime rate, that's the way I'm going to look at it with my scope of view is like it's crimes going down. It's been down like 50% since the 1970s. And that's due to less interactions and more social media because like everything can be recorded. Everything is seen. Everything is visible. But at the same time, on the other side of it, it's like, hey, there's no communication. People are, you know, killing each other. The crimes are becoming more violent because it's like, hey, like the video games or something like this shows me, hey, there's no consequences to this more or less. So, hey, I can do this and I can live back in my video games lifestyle. And it's it, like I said, I feel like you can play both sides on this. It just, it's just a, a world we're going to have to learn to live through. Drumgool <clears throat> clan, you know, um, I see a lot of, for instance, we'll just use McDonald's since we're talking about them. Um, they're switching over to the, uh, like the menu boards where you pick your, you know, pick everything yourself. Mm-hmm. If you walk inside, you don't even have to have an interaction. Um, companies coming from like a, you know, a business standpoint, human error is a large negative on the bottom line. So if they can take away human error, then it's it saves them a whole bunch of money. Not only that, we're also in a society right now where everybody wants $15 minimum wage an hour, and you can't afford that selling a $1.39 cheeseburger. I'm sorry. Nope. Like, it just, the math does not add up. So, it's cheaper to go to those robots. It is. It 100% is. <laughs> so, but also, you look at the quality of it in, you know, the. Uh, I trust robots over the McDonald workers, too. Absolutely, and and that's what I'm getting at. Uh, you you, the quality of uh, you know in a McDonald's employee, is. McDonald's invented it to be this is your first job coming out of high school or yeah. in high school or whatever. It's not a livable wage. It's not any of that. It is a stepping stone into the marketplace, yep. and that's what McDonald's advertises it as. So they're not trying to be like, hey, you can make a living working here. All right. Mm-hmm. So they're not like, hey, we employ the best of the best or wow. anything like that. It's a okay? stepping stone. It is. So McDonald's is like, listen, these guys want $15 an hour. They're not doing it. I will spend, you know, the $100,000 and put it in a menu board that you can, you can do everything yourself. Boom, they're done. So, like, I, they're taking away the emotional aspect yeah. of, you know, the feeling. Like you mentioned – the hey, does your do you have a, a reward? Are you a rewards member or something like that? You say no, they swipe the card anyway and give yeah. you the discount. Mm-hmm. Like so, what does it matter if you're yeah. a rewards member or not? So David's like, I didn't get the I discount. Never get the, I never <laughs> get the discount. But you I gotta, have like you gotta ask for it. Yeah. I'm just anti rewards member. I just I think it's it's funny. Like I'm the more I think about it, it's like. I am not a I like to talk to people but like when I go through drive-thrus I hate it like I don't want that interaction if I could just push a button in the drive-thru pull up and a robot gives me my sandwich I would love that mm-hmm. and it's just I'm starting to realize like I'm not alone there's a reason that this is a thought process is that a lot of people want that and it's because the years and years and years of every time I ordered the double cheeseburger I got a McChicken like freaking <laughs> screw it up every time I say nothing on it and I, I come know, in it's a fully loaded sandwich anyway. yeah I'm with like, extra what the frick like, yeah. like come on like, Daniel I, used to work for McDonald's and then, <laughs> do, do they just screw with you on purpose I think sometimes absolutely there it is if you sound <laughs> like a douche over the headset yep. you're going to get your order wrong I see that can be so sunny I'm like good day to you I hope you have a great day yeah. <laughs> and I, I bet you they're back there like this mother- <laughs> smashes sandwich stomp on the ground oh bro I guarantee you know that this is for Rachel 
um, sound that's going around on social media. Dude, he's more hip than us. I yeah. don't know. No, oh, dang <laughs> it. I guarantee it's made by a McDonald's employee. Really? But you guys got to listen to it. It's like the most aggressive thing I've ever heard. I remember, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the Burger racial? King lettuce thing. Oh, that was so gross. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Burger King lettuce? This guy like videoed himself stepping on the Burger King lettuce. Oh. oh it was disgusting. Yeah. But This did, is why I don't trust them. Yeah. I did want to say something <laughs> about the communication thing. Mm-hmm. So like I was born in 2000, right? So I grew up where I don't even remember a time before cell phones. Mm. Like my earliest ages... I can remember Ben always having this like super cool gadget, right? So I grew up like in the heart of technology. Uh, I think so ben communi- goes b- bankrupt for technology sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so cu- my whole life, I've seen communication like dwindle more and more, you know. And I've been talking one of my managers at work, who I'm really close with. Um, she was she's like 1963 is when she was born, mm-hmm. and we were talking a little bit, and she says that the um, the fall of communication started at attached garages to your house because before that you'd get out of your car in the street and you'd talk to your neighbors and like you'd see uh, how everyone's doing. But now it's like you open the garage door, you drive in, you close it. There's no more communication. And since that time, like we have more and more got more like reclusive. Like it mm-hmm. started with cell phones. You know, you don't have to leave your house to talk to people. But now it's like we just text each other. We don't even talk on the phone, hmm. you know. So, like, people that you could talk to across the world, you wouldn't know what the sound of their voice is if you heard it right next to you. So, I think the progress towards less communication, yeah, on one side, it's coming more effective. Like, it's so much easier for me to just email my professor than drive all the way to college to talk to them. But at the same time, like, their social skills that I have no idea how to do that, you know, our <laughs> grandparents are fluent in. And so that's kind of a little depressive to think about, you know. Yeah, what are we sacrificing with the efficiency? But like the bartending job, and this my brother's a bartender as well, and one of the things that separates a good bartender from a bad bartender is j- just personality on 100%. one level. 100%. Because when, pe- when people come in to get a drink, they want more than the McDonald's experience. Absolutely. They're hoping, and I'll notice this, if I even like interact with them a little bit, they'll light up and they'll be, and I'm not even yeah. bartending, I'll just be like cleaning up trash and I'll <laughs> say something about the football team they're supporting and they'll be like, oh, they're my name, and yep. then they'll be like, what's your name, son? And you know, cause they're all older listen, people. <laughs> listen, I got a bachelor party this weekend and my only thought is like, if a bartender gives me a compliment, I was like, oh, you're getting a good tip. That's all it takes, like just listen, that You should give them a good tip anyway. Oh, obviously. All right. Tip for that five dollars <laughs> an hour bro my problem is when i get like like a coke with a tiny bit of rum then i'm like all right you're you're, you're cheaping out on me this it's is rude a little disrespectful. Yeah. so for you sure. get it but no that's not it's just that interaction and if it's 100%. a positive interaction you're gonna be treated like like a positive yeah. person well i think that's something that i talk about at my bar all the time mm. is like my generation working in the service <laughs> industry is comical mm-hmm. because they don't understand it you know like <laughs> thankfully i grew up with a um father who liked to push his ideals on us you know which created me into a very like hard worker mm-hmm. you know he was like from the moment i was born he was always talking about work ethic and like never quitting and all that stuff and i can see like why he did that now working in a restaurant full of 19 year olds like me who mm-hmm. have totally different mindsets but yeah like at the bar like talking to like these boomers who <laughs> i just like you just have to say one thing and like you said they light up you know, just like that little <laughs> tidbit, it gives them like hope for a generation. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Uh, I mean, even this lady I cat, uh, not Catherine Carey, Win Dixie. When I started talking to her about the rehearsed lines, 
um, she had a, such a better conversation. She was like, because I knew her name then, and we talked about just who we were as people. And she was like, if I ever go into Pops, you know, remember me. So, I know. I'm such a player, Jack. <laughs> Be in awe. Uh, but no, it's I'm just over like, here choking. My bad. <laughs> I know, he was dying. I <laughs> tried to give heck? him some Coors Light, but Ooh. he didn't want it. I don't know what just happened <laughs> in the world. But yeah, I think we should just talk to people more and talk to them about. And I've seen this too in my own life. When it's like, who's who wants to order the pizza? I'll pay for it, but you have to call. People don't even want to call the pizza no. person. They don't even want to deal I'll give with you like, money. Rather not deal. Yeah, with I'd people. rather oh, just yeah. throw twenty bucks instead of having to say, uh, t- delivery. <laughs> Uh, large pepperoni. It's just you yep. hate that like whole yep. interaction. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Don't talk. To me. Listen, when I'm in the car with my sister and she gets a phone call, she hands me her phone, and just expects heck? me to answer it. Wow. Like, it's crazy. you're being used by your siblings too much. Listen, <laughs> Ben's making you. I'm here to serve. To your sisters, <laughs> making you answer phone calls. This That's amazing. All right. Do we have but. anything else to talk about? Um, no, David, you, uh, you got your one top. <laughs> I heard some people talking about gators the other day, and I was like, I'm not the only one. Gators? Yeah. They were like, well, there's oh, a big he's gator going back down to this topic <laughs> where he got, gets out of his car because he sees someone staring at a lake. Oh, I yeah. love seeing big gators. Weirdo. They're so weird. But the I appreciate gator, If I, I, appreciate kill, that if I kill a gator and I stuff oh. it, can I put it in the this lab? Can I put it in our yeah. studio? Yeah, David. A big gator head. Yeah. Got a rattlesnake you, skin. So this might be David's last episode. <laughs> I don't really trust you. I don't. I'll kill like an adolescent gator. It'll be small. Oh, uh, and then you'll yeah. go to prison or something. <laughs> like, well, I'll get arrested because we'll see it hanging I'll, in here. I'll like, say Wait it, a it was ran over by a car or something. I found it. I yeah, it's know. got a twenty-two bullet. No, I don't want to just kill gator. I think they're just cool animals. Animals, they okay. are really cool. Animals are insane. Yeah. Like you watch some of those nature documentaries. Can I just go on a spiel real quick here? There is a fungus that buries into ants' brains, and it controls the ant, so it will walk up to the top of a tree and get to a certain spot that will help the fungus bloom out of it and survive. So it controls the ant's brain. Isn't that crazy that there's fungus that can do that? I feel like there's so many TV shows about that with people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What would stop fungus from – and how did – what – what function is the fungus controlling in the ant's brain, and could it also control that level in the human's brain? Hmm. You ever see somebody tripping on shrooms? <laughs> <laughs> Case in point, right there. Yikes! I don't know. It's just watch some nature documentaries. Nature's scary. Nature's was that Ollie oh. from Family Guy? Nature's scary. Oh, okay. No silence from the people. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> no, somebody will get it. <clears throat> No, no one will. We have two listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Well, I think that's it for us, guys. Thank you guys all so much for listening. Um, from here of us, from here. Jack, wait. Hold on. Let me stop you right now because we have to do this. Oh, no. Super Bowl picks. Chiefs. 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 49ers. That defense is scary. I think it's Chiefs. I don't think you know Jimmy, we're gonna I, have to cut this because it's gonna be at, released after the Super Bowl. Uh, well, okay, we'll stand by our our bets here. Any opinion? I feel like Ben's ben. gonna say Patriots. <laughs> He's gonna be yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> the Patriots. The Patriots should have won. <laughs> Not my Super Bowl. We didn't cheat good enough. <laughs> Not my Super Bowl. Not my Super Bowl. <laughs> we'll That's see what it, happens. Folks. We'll see what happens. All right.
All right. Now, am I allowed to finish this? I'll finish this off. Oh, you're going to finish? From here in Collab, beautiful South Venice, Florida studios. Thank you all for tuning in once again. Drive safe. Keep your eyes on the road and talk to people. And Jack, do your thing. Do the last part, David. What is it? You don't even know our catchphrase. No. Make America think again. I want to be the best. I want to be the best. Simple as playing. That's why I play the game. To be the best, you have to win. And that's what drives me. Drives me. He's the best player in the game. It's just that simple. There's nothing that Kobe Bryant can't do. He will defend your best player. He will shoot from the perimeter. He will get all in your muck. He will do whatever it takes. He is the most complete basketball player in the game today, bar none. He has an assassin's mentality. I said this week, I said this when the trade went down, and I'll repeat it again. Who's starving more for an NBA World Championship more than Kobe Bryant? There is no one. This guy is highly motivated. What separates Kobe? From the, from the pack, more than Kobe Bryant. Right, there is no one. Okay, Kobe doing work. Two four on my shirt. He the greatest on the court, and I'm the greatest on the verse. Going for the fourth ring like it was his first. Gotta get the gleam. Do it for Kareem. Two four so nice, my flow so mean. Catch me at the game, sitting next to Goldstein. Kobe Bryant, Nikes, purple gold strings. Kobe in the game, don't know the For words. I mean, he's amazing. Pass me the damn ball. I don't need a pick at all. And don't worry about my shot, cause I'ma get that all. Yeah, I dropped 40 on your double team. Then I dropped 81 on another team. Yeah, you better guard me with caution. And watch I work them like an auction. <laughs> no such thing as exhaustion. No time for resting, cause I don't take breaks. I just break records. <laughs> and I prefer the ball with three seconds. And I bet we go in it all in three seconds. You did? That is a guarantee, apparently. And please tell your defense, don't ever mess a man with me. Double team, triple team. You defenders tickle me, but I never let them get to me. Literally, step back and give them a three. Ain't, ain't no defending me. And one guy's certainly envious of the way Brian's played lately, LeBron James. I've been quoted saying that he's definitely the best player in our league. Um, to me, in my eyes, the best scorer in our in our in our league, and it's. I mean, I don't know if it's another. It's not another guy in this league that can accomplish some of the things that he's doing right now. Never take a day off. Catch you at the top of the key and get a J off. Baseline FaceTime. Tongue out like two, three. Even two, three. Gotta love how I do me. Practice while you sleep. Practice in my sleep. Straight out of high school. The brackets ain't for me. I will be jumping over you like I got a mattress at my feet and all feel Jackson things. You better be passing it to me. I put the master in the piece. Attack you like a beast. And I am starving for victory. And that means I'ma eat. And when they ask you who's the best, then Who's the best player in the NBA? Oh, it's still Kobe Bryant. Really? Why? Because you never know what you're going to get. Call me Mr. Clutch or Mr. Automatic. I can post them up, all of them all go get the alley. I'm going for the ring, I'm going for the ring. I went to Beijing and came back with the bling. Who they want? They want Kobe. And what he want? He want the trophy, the victory, and the glory. No shack. No Robert Ory, not 
break them off, Kobe break them off Yeah, you better beware the liquor down Yeah, just give him the ball and he take it out Yeah, oh he properly dishing it to the south Yeah, I'll give it to these fish on the wing Yeah, or just a little Ariza do his thing Yeah, cause I'm great and so is my team Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant.